0: everybody. Brian McCumber here with Tech Money Talks. I am really excited today because we have a returning feature guest on the podcast. We are fortunate to have Mark Studer back as a special guest on the show. Mark is a professional dropshipper and an e-commerce coach and has helped many people with their online business, helping students reach $1,000 days dropshipping. If you're interested in starting an online business to make extra money, you better save this episode in your back pocket and listen to it over and over again because the story and the tips you're going to learn here is going to give you the opportunity to quickly launch your own business to help your wallet grow fat. Mark has been consistently delivering value while growing his e-com business and I tell you time is money and everyone's looking to get a piece of his time and I'm so happy to have him on the show today. Mark,
1: thanks for joining us, man. How's it going? <laughs> Doing great, man. Thank you again. Thank you again for having me. Second time, it's going to be awesome.
0: Oh yeah, man. Great stuff for sure, man. Yeah, I mean, I've been following you uh, online, and things have been uh, things have been growing. I mean, it's been a crazy year since we last talked, and um, a lot of things to catch up on. So I'm really <laughs> looking forward. Look, really looking forward to this for sure, man. So I would say, you know, even you know, since we last talked, because I remember. You know a lot has changed uh over the over the past year so maybe even touch on that you know since since we last visited what what has kind of changed over the course of the last year yeah of course so for people
1: wondering the last time we talked was i believe october of 2019 is that right yeah yeah so man almost a year and a half ago so Ever since then, there's definitely been, been some big changes. 2020 was quite the year. Um, lots of events that went down, and then even new stuff coming around here in you know late Q4 of last year and this year. But you know, probably the most notable of those has been the coronavirus, <laughs> which went on uh, started in March 2020. That's had some really big impacts on dropshipping, e-commerce, and starting up a business. You know, so that you can be financially independent. I think one of the biggest things. Um, and the, and the ways that things things have changed because of COVID is going to be the shipping. And so as you know, once COVID hit, essentially ePacket was thrown out the window. Like there's no way you can ship with ePacket. Honestly, I wasn't a huge fan of it in the first place because it wasn't super reliable. It wasn't even as fast as it really claimed to be. It was just it's it like let's call it what it was. It was just a way for people to get into the door of dropshipping without you know having to worry about long shipping times. And so for that it was great, you know, maybe like 2 years ago it was really solid, but ever since March 2020 it is completely unreliable. I actually used it a little bit in one of my stores in March and and I think it ended up taking at least like 2 months for the product to actually get delivered. And so wow. but I think that this is this is honestly something that we can all learn from because at the end of the day one of the most important things is going to be like how happy your customers are when they actually shop with you. And having long shipping times isn't the end of the world. Um, as long as it's like under two to three weeks, the most important thing and people really don't realize this, they just think like I'll express 30 day shipping times and like it's impossible to do drop shipping with that. That's not true. You just have to be super transparent and upfront with your customers. Many people are happy, not happy, but they're okay with waiting a little bit longer, you know, maybe not like two months. But you know, a few weeks to get a product, if it's you know something that fits their needs, something that makes their life better, and you know something that actually they're happy to be involved in, like they're happy to buy a part of your brand, which is kind of what they're doing. And so I think going through this experience with COVID has really taught us how to actually focus on the customer instead of just trying to make a quick buck, because that's what so many people do when they try to get into dropshipping. They're just trying to make you know quick two hundred bucks a day, thousand bucks a day, twenty thousand bucks a day whatever it is. And that can attract a lot of the wrong people, you know, people who have the wrong mindset, who are only in it, you know, for the money instead of actually creating a product that is helping people in some way and actually like changing lives. Cause that's what I think like being an entrepreneur is about. It's about like actually enhancing the lives of the people who you are selling products to. And if you don't go into, into it with that mindset and you're only in it just to get a quick buck, I, mean, I said this on my last call, um, you're you're not going to win in the long term. You may make a quick buck, but if you're having super super long shipping times, more than a month, and you're not adapting your business to what COVID has thrown at us, then you won't be around for that long.
0: Yeah, no, great point for sure. And I'm glad that you touched on that because, um, you know, at the end of the day, the customer—I mean, those are human beings—and if you want a long-term business, like you know, you want to focus on that customer relationship and. And hopefully earning re- repeat customers and you know what what kind of dawned on me was like maybe even paint that picture for the audience because like i remember back back then i mean we were going through the chinese new year and it kind of led and then COVID hit so what was that like as you were kind of running your business and even and even helping the the people that you were coaching
1: yeah i mean it was it was definitely a learning experience i can say that for sure um I mean, we we were at that point with my business and my clients' businesses, we were all using sourcing agents. We weren't using AliExpress, but everybody was affected by this. Whether you're using a sourcing agent, using AliExpress, or even if you have stock, in some way, you were affected by what happened. And so for us, what we decided to do was... I mean, pretty much the only solution in something in a, in a situation like this is you have to get stock inside of the US like, as quick as possible. And, you know, when COVID hit, it was really, really hard to do that. Up until that point, um, you know, excluding Chinese New Year, using a sourcing agent can get you really solid shipping times, really reasonable prices for your products, um, as long as you're doing a little bit of volume, you know, 15, 20 orders per day. And that's what we were doing. You know, we were cruising, doing great. And then Chinese New Year hit, so we scaled back a little bit. And then Chinese New Year was essentially like extended as a result of COVID. And so what we did was we just switched to try to get all of our stock in the United States, because you couldn't trust anything that any Aliexpress supplier was saying, like they could say that yeah. you're getting a product shipped in two to three weeks, which is typically what ePacket promised. Everybody learned that that was just complete horseshit. No, no products were actually shipped that quickly during COVID. It was like more like two to three months. Um, but it, it was really a learning experience because it proves you how easy fulfillment can be if you're doing it in the United States. Like that removes such a big um, obstacle for so many people, like people who are not getting into drop shipping. Typically, it's because like they they think it's a scam, they think it's not possible. Um, they're worried about shipping times or some other usually uh, illogical reason. And um, you know, long shipping times is definitely reasonable, but you shouldn't just like have that limiting belief and then never never dive into it. Like there's ways that you can get fast shipping. You know, either from the US to the US or there's even like fast shipping lines now. You know, post COVID. Where you can ship from China and get products delivered in like three to five days. No joke. Um, You know, one of those lines is UPS Expedited. That's very fast now from China. Um, I've been even getting, um, I believe it's a 4PX shipping line from China to European countries like the UK in two business days, which is like completely unheard of. And so the idea that people believe that the reason they're not getting into drop shipping is merely because of shipping times. Um, there's probably some underlying reason below that because there's so many ways to get around that and actually have reasonable shipping times. Man,
0: that's a great tip for sure, and good for the audience that that's learning about that. And what would you recommend? Like, if if someone, um, you know, the process of, of looking for like a sourcing agent, like, what's the process there? I know that's kind of uh, new, especially the newbies trying to figure out how to, how to how to get into that.
1: Yeah. So typically when you work with a sourcing agent, you have to be doing a a certain amount of volume. The standard kind of average is like 15 to 20 orders per day, like I previously mentioned. So if you're at that point and you need a sourcing agent, first step, reach out to me, DM me on Instagram. I'd be happy to contact you with my sourcing agent. I just need proof that you're actually selling at that volume. So if you are, you can absolutely send me a DM and I'll personally reach out to my agent and hook you up. You know, like no cost, whatever. If you're not quite at that point, then you need to get to that point as quickly as possible. A, B, <laughs> there are other options. Yeah. Like there are other options. You can ship from the United States, just go on AliExpress, for example, and sort by US suppliers. Um, you can even, you know, ship from China, just expedited, like I said, using like one of the faster shipping lines or something that I've been testing out within the past, like probably three to four, five, six months. Um, is a website called sourceinbox.com. So it's S O U R C I N B O X.com. Source and box, kind of like sourcing, but you take off the G. And, okay. um, you know, I'm not even affiliated with these guys. I just started using them because I heard of them, I think through a YouTube video. And these guys were getting like three to five shipping days, uh, shipping times from China, you know, to the US. So I was like, that's completely ridiculous. But I was like, I might as well try it out for myself. I did. And what's cool about uh, source and Box, there's no MOQ. You don't have to be doing any amount of orders per day. You can be doing one order per day and you can work with these guys. So maybe after I say this, we can uh, we can work out some sort of <laughs> affiliate relationship. But um, shameless plug, I'm not affiliated with these guys right now, but they can get you really solid shipping times if you're below that 20 units per day mark. Now their prices not may not be as competitive because you don't have like that personal relationship as you would with like a private sourcing agent which you can use, you know, after 20 units per day. But before that, it's like easily one of the best options that I typically recommend to um, to all of my coaching clients who don't want to ship from the US. Yeah, no, great. That's a great tip. And it goes to show that, you know,
0: you're delivering value and not necessarily, you know, pointing out what's working for people. And uh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the first step, you know, get that volume, you know, initially and, uh, you know, having a good, you know, 20 plus orders per day is, is definitely the indicator that that you need. And uh, so for the audience listening, I mean, that that's the thing is just like quickly find that product that's going to be selling for you. It'll jump out. Um, maybe even touch on that, like, uh, say, for, you know, people getting in, you know, what's, what's the
1: testing strategy to get to that point to find that winner that's going to pop off for them? Yeah, great question. Man, I, I've changed my philosophy like three trillion <laughs> times. You know, in the past two years. Um, so the way that you find products completely depends on really like who you're asking. So many people kind of have their own set of criteria that you're looking for. For example, a few of my criteria are the product has to be sold at at least three x the cost of goods. So if it's if the product can be bought and sold for like five bucks, it has to be sold for at least fifteen. So that's three x cost of goods. And another margin rule, it has to have at least a $20 margin. So if I was buying something on Aliexpress for a $5 ship, I have to sell it for at least $25. And if the perceived value isn't high enough that I can sell it at that point, I'll move on very, very quickly because it is so much easier to scale a product when you have those two margin rules um, in your product research criteria. Like Scaling can be a breeze. As long as you get past the testing phase, scaling is an absolute breeze. It's easy to maintain profitability. You'll have a really low break even ROAS. So you don't have to return quite as much on your ads just to break even. And like I said, it makes it tremendously easier to scale. Aside from those two type criteria, there's really not a lot that I look for. Um, if, if in a perfect world, I would like to find a product that is in a trending niche or a really hot and hungry market um, that solves some sort of problem. That would be like my ideal world a problem solving product in a hungry market with not a ton, a ton of competitors. So if I can find a product like that, that that would be like my 10 out of 10 perfect product.
0: No, that's great tips for sure, man. And it even leads me to think about even what we kind of talked about uh, offline, which was a big topic that everyone's asking about, which is Facebook ads and the iOS 14
1: updates. And was curious about your thoughts and opinion and how you're preparing for that. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad you brought this up and um there's a few things that I kind of want to mention about the iOS update iOS 14 Apple versus Facebook the kind of feud that's been going on. Um typically when things like this happen, 90% of people just completely blow it out of proportion. They say like this is the end of Facebook ads. It's uh-huh. never going to work anymore. Never going to be profitable. You can't scale. And um usually that's not what actually ends up happening. I mean, Facebook is is like I don't even know if they're at a trillion-dollar valuation now. At least a multi-billion-dollar valuation, gigantic, gigantic company, and um, they're going to have to adapt in some way to this update that's been going on. I don't know what that way is yet, but um, it's really important to kind of look at like the history of events like these that have happened. For example, the one that I just mentioned, COVID and ePacket. Everyone's like, "This is the end of ePacket. It's never going to work again." Wasn't as big of a deal as everybody made it. Second thing was the page feedback score. Everyone was like, oh my God, you can't scale with a page feedback score, you're gonna get um, dinged by Facebook and you won't be able to scale. Now there's like tons and tons of solutions that wasn't the end of the world. And um, one of the most notable ones that was put out by Facebook is they said CBOs were gonna become mandatory, which for people who don't know, CBO stands for campaign budget optimization. It's a type of campaign that you can run where you set the budget at, this, at the campaign level. Instead of at the ad set level. And Facebook came out and said, You're going these are gonna be mandatory. There's gonna be no other type of campaign that you can run. And this was probably in like September of like 2018 or, or mid-2019, somewhere in in that area. So like over one and a half years ago. Here we are t- like one and a half, two years ago, and we're still using CBOs and ABOs. So CBOs are not mandatory. So there's been many events like this. People just completely blow it out of proportion. And um it usually ends up not being as big of a deal as everyone makes it. Of course, everything is going to be a little bit different. So, um, as far as like the impacts that I see actually happening, so so for let me let me take a step back. For the people who don't know, the iOS 14 update is essentially going to allow people to opt out of being tracked on Facebook. And the reason that Facebook is such a powerful advertising platform is because of how specific you can get with your targeting. And so you can imagine if people opt out of this targeting. That's going to lose a lot of power as an advertising platform. And so as a result, targeting will probably be a little bit less efficient than it usually is. You'll probably also have a little bit smaller custom audience sizes because people are going to be opting out of tracking. And then the final thing that I've actually seen even recently is going to be the attribution. And so typically, when you get a sale on Facebook, it'll attribute within like 5 or 10 minutes on your Facebook ads dashboard. This is probably going to be the biggest change if I were to guess. Um, I've seen ad accounts recently that don't get attributed for like 7 days. So you won't be able to see the sale for another 7 days. And in many ad accounts, you don't even get to see the sale at all. So maybe only 70 or 80% of all your sales are actually going to be attributed by Facebook. But again, it's not going to be... I don't want to like predict the future or anything. But typically, things like these are not as big of a deal as everyone makes them out to be. Um, I do have a few action steps that I wrote down that people can take. In order to kind of secure their facebook account a little bit and um you know actually make sure that they're not completely blindsided by this update so the first thing is you should verify your domain facebook has came out and said that face that you should verify your domain to add another layer of security so to do this all you have to do is go to your business manager settings brand safety domains add your domain and verify it through shopify super super simple take you five minutes the second thing that you can do is and that many people actually have to do now is you have to sign conversion events to your verified domain. So one of the parts of the iOS 14 update is wow. you can only have eight conversion events. So that means that only like purchase, add to car, view content, which for dropshippers usually like isn't a huge deal because you only use probably like four to six of those anyways. But you can only have a maximum of eight now. And all you have to do is, again, go into your business manager settings and to your audiences and events manager and simply add all these conversion events and assign them to your domain. So those are two things that are completely new and you have to do. You don't have to do, but I really recommend that you do to kind of secure your Facebook account just a little bit. And um, again, like everybody who's watching this, um, who has the intention of starting a business or already has one, um, you're an entrepreneur. And entrepreneurs are people who solve problems. If this is something that you're completely freaking out about, entrepreneurship may not be the right thing for you because problems, problems occur, like they happen. And you have to be able to you know, solve them in a unique, creative way or adapt. And if you don't, then you're going to die and your business will fail.
0: Great point, man. And love those action steps too, man. And uh, yeah, I would say that you know, it creates opportunities. Um, you know, these type of changes, it it kind of uh, uh, gives new starting points, creates opportunities. I mean, even the Nate, just like you you touched on the history, COVID hitting all of a sudden, you know, it was a roller coaster. But then all of a sudden, you know, for a lot of uh, people that were on top of their game, um, it was a really big year for e-commerce, you know, over over the 2020. And now, you know, thinking ahead, thinking through and trying to prepare for for this change um, is, is the same thing. So very well said. One yeah, of the I
1: things want Really that, quickly, really quickly, yeah. Brian, I don't mean to interrupt. I want to add something to that because... So for me, 2020 was my best year ecom wise did my best numbers, most profitable, made the most amount of money, number one. Number two, the same is true. For my mentors, my friends, like people are just scaling their business like crazy. And so, like, the amount of opportunity right now, like you said, is just ridiculous. Anytime that there's a big problem like this, usually there's some smaller opportunity that people don't typically act on. For example, let's say Facebook just completely goes to the shitter. Like, you can't advertise okay. on there, it's completely unprofitable, and there's no way that you'll ever advertise on there profitably again. So go master another platform that's not as like common, like go start like Reddit ads. Like nobody's on Reddit, the CPMs are ridiculously low, tons of potential. Go advertise on Pinterest, same story, super low uh, CPMs, really early in the advertising, uh, like history of of their platform. It's very early, not a lot of advertisers. Um, Like Bing ads, like people that, things that people don't even think about advertising, be creative with your organic, like dabble into viral marketing. Like there's so many different ways and opportunities that you can leverage instead of just being like a slave to the Facebook gods. Like you, it doesn't have to be that way and you should be able to adapt depending on what Facebook throws at you. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said, man. Yeah. And it actually caught my attention
0: because I noticed in one of your story posts that uh, you have referenced Pinterest ads. And I know a lot of other, uh, E commerce people that are now diving into that because it's very low competition right now. So, I'm wondering what has been like your activity and kind of
1: uh, uh, feedback on, on you utilizing Pinterest? Yeah, Pinterest is a, is a really interesting platform. Um, I was recently turned on to it by one of my mentors, Alex Fedidoff. Um, he has a program that I was a part of at the time and he scaled a beauty product to like $20,000 per day within two weeks. Now he has like a, a massive ad budget. And so it was okay for him to do that with no issues, maybe for beginners, probably not the best move. Um, but of course, like this completely piqued my curiosity. At the time, I was really going through the ringer with Facebook. I was getting everything that I possibly had disabled or shut down to some extent. Eventually I got some of it back, but I was really going through it. And I was like, you know what, man, I'm just going to try Pinterest. Let's see how it goes. And... Um, so a few things about Pinterest specifically, it is like an early platform. If you look at like the, the history of a social media platform, typically the early days, you'll have super low CPMs because there's a lot more users than advertisers. Um, as a result, a lot of these people on the platform are probably gonna be less qualified to purchase from you. So for example, I ran a product on Pinterest, my CPMs were less than a dollar. Um, my cost per click was less than 10 cents on average. And so I was getting like thousands and thousands of visitors to my store every day. And I don't, I don't think I got a single purchase on that product. Um, so (laughs) you can have like really, really good. And like, I know how to set up a website, my conversion rate, like everything was in place. Um, just the people on that platform are not super warm. They're not like ready to purchase from you. So you have to have rely much heavier on things like you know, retargeting, having a little bit more of a complex funnel. Um, so like my mentor who scaled his product, he didn't get his first sale until I think $800 spent on the platform. And so he spent $800 and then finally got his first sale. Now he knew that, he knew two things. Number one, he knew that the product was good. And number two, he knew that the funnel was proven because he actually ran it on Facebook. So one of the best ways I think you can utilize this platform if you want to Take something that is already proven to sell, and then bring it over to Pinterest. Because if you don't have something that's proven, um, and you bring it to Pinterest, you'll probably get really frustrated. So you'll probably you know spend a few hundred bucks, few thousand bucks, get like thousands and thousands of visitors, and get um, like one add to cart, like five, like five add to cards maybe. And so you have to really have trust in your funnel, or else you're not going to be able to scale super effectively. That's what I've learned. About the platform, a lot of people have been, you know, kind of moving over there. Not moving, like a few people have definitely been moving over there recently in the dropshipping space. Um, for a good reason, there's tons of potential. Uh, again, my piece of advice would be to find something that's proven to sell. And um, second piece of advice would be to, um, just expect that you're not going to get a whole lot of sales in the beginning, and you need to be much more. Patient. Whereas if you launch something on Facebook, you can get sales the same day. You can scale the next day. With Pinterest, it's not quite as likely. Um, one final thing about Pinterest is you have to really choose your demo the product based on the demographics of Pinterest. So Pinterest skews very heavily female and very heavily um, like 25, 35 plus. So you need to find a product that aligns with that market. As I said, my mentor who is scaling the product, he chose a beauty product that's like perfect. Perfect for the demographic on Pinterest. So you don't want to go on there and sell like and sell you know you know beard related products or like super strong male products like tools and things like that. Uh-huh. Uh, won't have as much success. So definitely try to align yourself with the demographics. Like Facebook, you can sell anything. You can sell any product imaginable because it's there's so many users and there's so many diverse users that it's pretty um, it's pretty like average based on compared to pinterest where it's used very heavily female and 35 plus
0: Hmm. yeah no a lot of great points and I, and I like what you said about you know proving it out first so if, if you have a, a proven product that that you have you know selling as you're advertising through facebook uh see how it performs on on pinterest because you can get those low cpms and um yeah just like you mentioned i mean it's it's a, a newer ad platform which yeah, m- makes it a good reason to, you know, be patient, be willing to learn. But you know, also on the flip side, you know, it's just like you know, mastering Facebook ads. You know, like four years ago, all of a sudden you're getting you you know you're getting things. It's it's an opportunity uh, that that's opening up, and seems to be a lot of people, uh, you know, switching over to that, uh, which is pretty cool. So thanks for thanks mm-hmm. for sharing that information. And we see some comments coming in here. So along the way, we'll uh, talk to the audience, people that are, uh, that are be, feel free to ask your questions because this is live. So with, there's even one question, Ecom Journey said, yo, Mark and TMT, what's up? And are you looking for people to join your
1: team, Mark? <laughs> um, depends what you have to offer, man. I'm always, I mean, I answer every single DM that I get. Um, if you have something to offer that aligns with what I need, then maybe we'll talk. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And
0: uh, maybe even speak to that. So like, are you act, Are you doing like active coaching and and what is the process like for people that do want to connect with you?
1: Yeah. So um, aside from my own e-commerce stores, I do a little bit of coaching on the side. And so the way that it works is... By the way, if you have any questions about my coaching, you want to see if you're a good fit, just send me a DM on Instagram. It's at Studer. Like I said, I answer every single DM um unless you're just like a spam then I'll delete it but as long as you're like real <laughs> person I'll respond um but as far as my coaching basically the way it goes I'll just ask you a few questions about your business if you have one um your goals your obstacles and if I decide that we're a good fit I think that you could benefit from my coaching program that I can give you some information about how I can help my packages um and the cost of course so if you do have any questions about that like I said Please send me a DM, um, but I'll be straight up with you. Like, not everybody is a good fit. I'm not just there to sell you something that you don't need. If I don't think that you have like an adequate ad budget, I'll tell you straight to your face. Um, if I don't think that we're a good fit based on like our, um, you know, your communication or based on where your mindset is at, um, you know, I won't do it. Like, I'm not in the position where I need that. I just want to work with great people who have a great mindset. And um, together, like we get, that's why my clients get really good results because I'm not coaching like 3,000 people. I have always, pretty much always, less than 10 to 15 people in my coaching program because I want to focus on depth and not breadth. I don't want to, you know, be a coach of 3,000 people and, you know, nobody gets results. I'd rather be the coach of, you know, 10, 15 people, but every single person is getting some solid results.
0: Yeah. No, that's great. And, uh, for those that are catching us live here, I'm gonna pull up uh, the screen here. So one second, let me pull this up. And all right, so we got we got Mark's Instagram here on on, on the screen. Pretty awesome. A couple of things, which is like Mark is actively posting. Like I would um, daily, you posting daily. Yeah, uh, two to to three times per day. I've been posting for almost two years (laughs) every single day. Consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And it shows, man. I remember when, you know, first connecting with you. And one of the things that, that stumbled upon me is like, uh, I remember catching the, the TikTok ads (laughs) or are you still doing things on TikTok?
1: Yeah, actually the last time I talked to you, I was just like kind of doing it (laughs) when I, when I felt like it, you know, just doing it for fun. Um yeah. and then I talked with one of my social media guys, and um he was like, dude, you you like you gotta put in more effort on TikTok. And this was in like March. And so I was yeah. like, all right, you know what? It's lockdown. All I'm doing is working on my business, anyways. I'm just gonna post on TikTok four times per day. And so I literally post on TikTok four times per day for probably about like two or three months. Um, and you can grow really, really easily on there. I mean, as long as you're putting out value. And you're yeah. like engaging with people. Um, I grew to like 30, 40,000 followers in, in like a, sh- a few months. And people have done way more than that. People have grown to like 10 million followers in like two or three months. So it's a great yeah. platform. Um, I repost a lot of my TikToks on Instagram, as you can see. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, awesome. yeah, definitely. I have some fun with it. And it brings up another point. And that that's
0: why I wanted to bring up uh, your site here, which was like, um, I see that you're following one person. So I was wondering if you could uh, talk about that
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm following one person on my Instagram. You can click on it too. The person that I'm following is is Craig Ballantyne. And the reason why I'm only following one person, by the way, I did this in March, 2020, is before I was doing this, the only reason I was going on Instagram was to be what, um, ah, I forgot who coined this term. I apologize, but I was being... Um, I believe an influencer whore or like an influencer junkie. And so all I was doing was going and consuming like a bunch of content of all these influencers. And I wasn't doing anything about it. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to cut this. And I'm just going to focus on learning from one person for an entire year. And so I'm still following one person. And I did that at like in March, like I said. So and I plan to do it until March of this year. Like I want to do it for one year. Because the way that you can like learn the most about a successful entrepreneur is to go deep. Like don't just like read their book, like consume every fricking piece of content that they have, every book, ev- go to every seminar that they have, like talk with them if you can, like do everything that you can at the deepest level. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna get so much more out of it compared to if you were to just consume like a uh, really shallow content from 30 different influencers. And so I chose Craig Ballantyne. I, I knew him for a little bit before. We actually are, are a little bit closer now, so I can like speak with him on a more personal basis. But yeah, excellent entrepreneur. Been around for a while too. He started his online business in like 1999, I think. So he's been doing it for a long time. He's like an incredible marketer, so still have a lot to learn from him. But that's the reason I'm only following one person. Um, I don't waste any time on Instagram anymore like I used to. Um, because I'm only following one person. After I consume his content, my feed is empty. Like I don't have anything else to do. So I just close it and do something more productive. Yeah. And focus more on producing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Products. Yeah. Produce more than you consume.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's why I wanted to share that with, with the audience that are catching us live on on the live stream. And we we we'll be sure to share that for those that are listening. Um, we'll be sure to share that those links in the show notes for sure. And, um, man, I'd say this is really awesome stuff. One of the things that, that I remembered that you brought up, which was related to Facebook accounts being canceled. I know that seems to happen to a lot of people as well. And it, it seems to kind of like, just knock them out of the game. Like, you know, they don't try to recover or things
1: like that. So I was wondering if you could speak, speak to that. Yeah. So like I said, in early 2020, I got my entire profile shut down, um, which for me, this this was the first time it was happening. And so I kind of freaked out for a little bit. I was like, there's no way to run ads. I've never... Cur- like This has never happened to me before. Um, and, and it took them a while to get back to me. It took them like a solid week and a half. And so I was really kind of panicking at that time. And then um, all of 2020... The same issues kind of kept happening they weren't like as frequent it wasn't happening you know like every single day but i would probably get something shut down by facebook at least once per month and i was following all of their policies the days where you can follow all of facebook's policies and not get disabled are are gone i don't know if they ever existed but they're definitely gone as of right now because i I, i'll create like a new store spend like ten dollars on ads to a really high quality store high quality offer good product following all policies and it can get shut down and um, you can never get it back sometimes. And so that's actually wow. what happened to me in August or September. I got my personal profile shut down, appealed it, and they're like, this decision is final. You're never getting your account back. They didn't say that exactly, but I was never getting my account back. And so I was like, okay, talked to a bunch of my, my mentors and friends. And I was like, all right, I have to advertise from a different profile. I tried that, but I got the different profile shut down. Um, later, I learned that There's a lot more that goes into the ways that Facebook tracks you aside from just the profile. For example, one of the most common ones is they'll track you through your IP address. And so if you have one profile that gets shut down and you advertise from a new profile, but you're at the same IP address, um, you can get shut down for that. And that's most likely what I got shut down for. And so now after talking with many people, like I said, I have a system that works for me. Um, using virtual browsers and proxies so that I can advertise from other profiles to my stores. And um, that's what a lot of the, the big people who are really crushing it in this space, they really kind of fall into like two groups. The first group is they, they don't have as many issues with Facebook. Um, they've spent a ton, a ton of money on their account. And if they get an account disabled or something, they'll get it back within a few days. Like big deal. I, I very much envy them, but that wasn't me, unfortunately. Uh, the second group of people People who have their personal profile shut down for whatever reason, maybe they're following policies, maybe they weren't, um, and they can't get it back. They appealed it, couldn't get it back. And so, if you're in that position, probably the best thing to do is to invest in a virtual browser software and a um, a residential proxy, so that you can actually, you know, use a different profile, but not have to worry about, you know, getting your IP address flagged. For example, very
0: great tip, man. I, I actually did a YouTube video on that subject and it can get quite technical. Um, and that's why I did uh, a video on that, you know, just to how how to go virtual, you know, one to protect your your IP address two, even, you know, where you're connecting from uh, and the, the virtual PC and so on. So so now at this point to help put up those precautions, do you have multiple accounts
1: that, that you have in your arsenal to work with? I do. Yeah. I, I use uh, multi-login for people wondering. It's a pretty common one. It's just a virtual browser software along with a, a, a you know residential... Uh, I believe I use a rotating rotating proxy, I believe. Um, so residential rotating proxy in combination with multi-login. And by the way, you can't just advertise from new profile, but advertise the same stuff. Anything that was on that initial profile is now flagged. And so if you try to run the same ads, use the same payment method, uh, use the same page, use the same URL on that new profile, you'll get that new profile shut down, you know, very quickly. So there has, there has to be like no no trace between the two profiles whatsoever. It's it's a total pain. But um now I'm at the point where I have enough profiles <laughs> where I don't have to stumble quite as much when you know one goes down. Yeah. And what about your thoughts on like, you know, so say like payment accounts and, and addresses and things like that. You think you have to go that far as far as covering? You would definitely need a new payment method. So, but there's a, there's a lot of ways to get around this. Um, what I used to do is I would just order like a new, uh, debit card, for example, I didn't even have a credit card at the time this happened. So I'll just order a new debit card, say I lost mine and get a replacement, um, But then you're always kind of like playing catch up because if that one goes down, then you have to order another one. And so definitely not the best way to do that. So what you should do, ideally, you should have like a business structure and a credit card so you can get employee cards that you can use. And, um, you know, many companies allow you to have like up to 99 um, employee cards. And so you can just shuffle through those if you want to, or you can invest in some sort of virtual card uh, software, such as the one that I use... um, It's called privacy.com. You can just create a bunch of virtual credit cards. And that isn't quite as safe. The employee cards is much safer. Um, But if you need a really short-term solution, privacy can definitely help you out there. Because there's also like spending limits on privacy. You can only spend a certain amount per day, per month. And um, the only way to get that raised is just like through the history that you have working with them. So you have to like work for them for like eight months and then you can finally get your your threshold raised. So that's what I use. Great tips, man. Yeah. So for the audience listening, these these are like
0: insider tips that most people uh, yeah. <laughs> don't realize or, or know about, you know, for sure. So like and and it's the realities that come up, especially like most people learn the hard way, you know, through growing pains and you have something going and and yeah, I mean Nobody really knows. It seems in some cases, it seems almost random why, you know, Facebook will shut down accounts.
1: Um, they they do people. it randomly at times. They do. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I've proven that through myself, through my friends and through many clients. They, they do often do it randomly. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's good to have that backup, especially if, uh, you know,
0: if it's your business and, you you know, you're dependent on, on that flow. And then it's also a good reason to have, you know, other tools in the tool chat so just like we talked about pinterest and exactly you know other mechanisms in in place for sure so uh, awesome stuff man yeah this is great value for sure and uh, so i'd say for the audience listening feel free to drop your questions in the chat here i see more comments than questions but if you have any questions for mark feel free to drop any any questions in there and and we'll we'll pull them up and, and answer them so one of the things that I did catch, you know, in, in going through the profile is is the mind game and your mindset. So you have really powerful stuff. So I was wondering if you could kind of share that. Like, what's your what's what's the mental game like as you're going through working your business
1: day to day? Man, um, I don't know where to, where to start. Uh, mindset <laughs> is super super important. It's usually it's usually one of the biggest reasons that people don't end up succeeding in dropshipping, like in, in like 99% of things usually comes down to mindset. Um, is I'm going to try to relate it as much as I can to uh, e-commerce and dropshipping. So like the mindset shifts that you can have so that you can be successful. Number one, um, it's really, really easy to fall into the trap of making money online is easy and you can do it quickly. It's usually, usually, usually not the case. Like usually things worth building take time that's something that I repeat to myself all the time if you want to build something that's like truly meaningful, nine out of ten times it's actually going to take some time believe it or not but because of the way that like the like the make money online niche is um, a lot of people convey it to be super easy and it can take not a lot of time and if you go into it with that mindset um, and I'll be completely transparent part of me went into e-commerce with that mindset. And I think that was one of the reasons why I would get so down on myself whenever I tested something and it didn't work. Um, because I, I was just trying to make a quick buck. I thought I like saw all these people making it look so easy, tried it myself. Turns out it's actually not easy. So, you know, who knew, right? Um, but yeah, that's usually that's one of the, the biggest mistakes that I made mentally. One of the other biggest mistakes, and um, this was actually, I think, coined by one of my mentors, again, Alex Fedidoff. When you're running ads, let's say you're running ads on Facebook. Facebook is really inconsistent, right? Um, so one of the ways that you can, you know, kind of protect yourself is to go on other platforms. But you want to make sure that you fix the root of the cause because sometimes you'll have a bad day on Facebook and it affects your entire day. Like you feel like you're just not as happy. Um, you, you feel like your day just kind of went down the drain after you looked at your Facebook ad stats for the day and realized you didn't make any money. This is a huge, huge trap because your happiness should not be predicated on the amount of money that you're making. Don't get me wrong; like having money makes it a lot easier to do things that make you happy. But if your like sole point and like goal of happiness is coming from Facebook ads and the fact that you didn't have a good day on Facebook ads, that is a, a big problem. And um, my mentor coined this as ad depression. So if you're running ads and you have a bad day, like it affects everything. You have ad depression. I tell myself, I tell my clients, I tell my audience that you need to be as emotionally detached from your advertising, from your media buying, like from your business, usually as much as possible. Because the more that you do that, the better decisions you're going to make. You won't suffer, suffer from ad depression. And you'll just feel better in general about your business because you're not you know, reacting in such an emotional state. You're using the more developed brain to separate your emotions from what's actually going on inside your business. I like that a lot. Yeah. I mean,
0: definitely the the mind game and a way to set yourself, you know, separate yourself from the daily activities that you're in. Now, one of the things was like you touched on uh a few times already uh with the word, you know, your mentor and mentorship. So I was wondering if you could speak to that and about the importance of that.
1: Yeah. Um Having a mentor is really, really important. But I think if you're watching this, you probably already knew that. The more important thing is you need to find a good mentor. Because nowadays, almost everybody's a mentor in something. And whether or not they advertise that, I don't know. But you need to be careful about who you're actually choosing to get mentorship or coaching from. Um, I put out a post on my Instagram probably about two two months ago. And it was a really... It was like a longer, you know, five or six minute IGTV. that IG. TV video. And I was literally telling people exactly how to get a mentor. And so I'll I'll briefly touch on that. So there's really two ways. You can go the hard way, aka the free way, or you can go the the easier way, which is the paid way. So if you want to get mentored by somebody for free, one of the worst things you can do is to go DM them, go get in touch with them and say, will you mentor me for free? Like You will probably get a 99% failure rate. If you actually want to get mentorship from somebody for free, there's not like some secret formula that you can use. Rather, what you have to do is go DM them and add value. Stop asking and go give them something of value. And if you're like, well, I can't give them something of value. I don't have anything to offer. Then you're not going to make a good fit. The reason that I've gotten mentorships from like high level people for free because I DM them and said, I have this skill. You're lacking this skill. I can help you and I'll do it completely for free. There's no strings attached. If you go into someone's DMs and you say something like that, and you just go with like the giving hand instead of the taking hand, eventually over time, that will develop into a sort of mentorship and you don't have to pay anything for that. But again, that I said that with the hard way because it takes time. It ta- You have to have something to offer ideally. And um, you have to treat it as a relationship instead of just... I'm going to go get mentored for free because by this guy because I just DM'd him on Instagram. I get like 30 DMs on Instagram every single day. And the odds that I answer you and the odds that I answer you and say yes, really, really low. So go add value instead of just asking. I wish a lot of people could hear that message um, before they DM me, but that's just how it goes. So the second way, <laughs> the easy way is to, to pay for mentorship. It's much, much easier to do this because you don't have to go through, you don't have to waste a lot of time. Not that it is wasting time. You don't have to worry about a relationship. You can just say, Hey, I got some money. I want to invest it in you. Now the only really downside to this not even downside. You just you just kind of have to be careful of it (laughs) is you want to make sure that you select the right person. And so there's a few things that you should look for. Number one, they should be very transparent about their results and the results of their clients. Um, Number two, you should like align mentally with them. If you're on like separate pages mentally, then it's probably not going to work in the long term. And then number three is uh, you, like, you want to make sure that they have verified results, right? Kind of what I said in point one. but I mean, I've personally been scammed by other mentors, like multiple times. I get people DMing me every day who said they invested in a mentor and like they ghosted them. So in order to not fall into that trap. Make sure you're actually like trying to, trying to get mentorship from a legitimate, genuine person. I know it's more easy said than done, but make sure that they actually are, they have verified results. They have a really good you know, relationship with their current clients. Like some people who ask me for, for coaching from me, I'll just send them to my clients. Like, I'll just say like, I don't even want to, like this person is feeling a little bit, you know, not trustworthy. Like they're getting not trustworthy vibes from me. I'll just tell my clients to talk to them. And that's like one of the best people to sell people for whatever you have to offer is have other people who have bought it and gotten results, talk to them for you. And so I, I'm super open about the people that I've you know coached and mentored. And um, that's that's who you should look for. Look for someone who's open and transparent. Um, there's a Lambo in there that may be a red flag. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, that's, that's typically what I look for. Yeah. No, great, great stuff. And thanks for
0: sharing. And yeah, seeing comments coming in Call saying that's an easy, easy way to get scammed. That's funny. Yeah, and man. So I, got I, some...
1: I've gotten scammed from. It. It's no fun. No fun yeah. at all. Yeah, for sure. So it's like you
0: know, do your homework, do your due diligence, reach out, plug into a network, and um, yeah, do all the things that 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 you can. And a um,
1: oh, one and one, one build really relationship. quick thing, Brian, that I'd like to say. Um, yeah. So I are talking about mentors. They're not necessary. You don't have to get a mentor. Um, if you actually invest in a good mentor, it'll probably one of the be the one of the best investments you could ever make. It's totally not necessary if you don't want to go through the hard work of finding one who's legitimate. There's pretty much there's definitely enough content out there for free to get you to one k per day. To get you beyond one k per day or beyond like ten k per day, you may need a little bit more. But definitely to get to one k per day, there's plenty plenty of content out there. So yeah i just wanted to add that i didn't mean to interrupt but you you don't need a mentor you absolutely don't um and that's coming from someone who like coaches people like you don't need one um it's, yeah. it's literally just a shortcut as long as you find someone who's like genuine
0: yeah really important and uh thanks for sharing that and um yeah i mean I, i'd say like um the thing about both i'm glad that you touched on you know the f- either free or paid and even with the free ap- approach you're putting m- you're putting in like that sweat e- equity, you know, something to add value. But either way, it's like it, it gets you to 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 have that extra level commitment, kind of like skin in the game to hold yourself accountable mm-hmm. and, and things like that, which is just really important. And actually, I noticed you, you have been post about that, too. Like, you know, overcoming procrastination, holding yourself accountable. You know, what are what are some things that you do there to kind of keep
1: you going day to day? You know, one of the things that I mentioned in that video that I think you're referring to, if you're in like a really um, you know, really mental state, you're like addicted to your phone, scrolling through TikTok, completely addicted like I do sometimes, um you need to get out of your mind and get into your body. And so for me, I go and work out like immediately. I don't like I'll get off my phone as fast as I can. I'll get off of like procrastinating whatever I am doing. Typically it's super mental and I'll go do something physical, I'll go like take a cold shower, I'll go do a really difficult physical workout, it, it it could take like five minutes, but it gets you out of like, your brain and your primitive brain, which is really what's linked to, um, like addictiveness, and it'll get you into your body. And you'll like be more in touch with actually, you know, your physical body instead of your mind. Um, aside from that, like, that's just kind of like a little hack. Um, when it comes to procrastination, uh, one of the best things that you can do is try to like, systematize your life so that you don't have to deal with procrastination. So a question that I often ask myself is like, what system can I implement that would make procrastination impossible? Like, how can I implement something to make procrastination impossible? And one of those things, I got this uh, this container right to the right of me that has a timer on it. And I'll put my phone in there and it'll lock for however long the timer says. So if I'm like super, super procrastinating, and I can't, I can't I can't even function without like getting on my phone. I'll put my phone in there and set it for like five hours. Literally won't touch my phone for five hours. And there's nothing that I could do. There's an emergency even. There's nothing that I could do to get that thing out of there. And so you should think of ways that you can systematize your life so that you don't even have to worry about procrastination. And that's one of the ways that you can do that. But just developing those habits is going to be better than any productivity hack that I could give you.
0: <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. It's just like... Let me just lock down the phone so that I can get
1: focused. <laughs> if, you, if you don't want to get one of those, that was like, I don't know, 50 bucks on Amazon. Just put yeah. your phone in another room, give it to a sibling, give it to a friend and say, don't give this back to me for like two hours. Like make it yeah. impossible. Make it, make it <laughs> as difficult as possible for you to get your phone back or whatever, whatever it is you're, you're struggling with. You can put like 20 cookies in that thing if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
0: I see a couple of questions, so let's field here. There's one uh, by two. He said, what type of
1: store do you recommend? Yeah, common question in the dropshipping community. Typically, the most most common ones are one product store, niche store, general store. So the truth about all these stores is that they all work. Everybody has ran one of these stores, not everybody, but all these stores have been run by somebody successfully. And so I wouldn't spend as much time trying to figure out what the best type of store is. I would spend more time on trying to find like a really solid product that's in demand. Like I've scaled products on general stores. I've scaled products on niche stores and one product stores. Um, and they all work really well. For beginners, I think that to like really get a good grasp of marketing, good store design, copywriting, all the things that go into having a successful store, typically, I recommend one product store just because it's like easier and it takes a little bit more time. But the amount of like knowledge and skills that you come out with as a result, I think uh, uh, outweighs you know the time that it takes to set it up. So I typically recommend that people start with the one product store, but they all work. Like they they all work. I've ran all three of them successfully. Uh, many of my friends' clients have ran all three successfully. So it, it matters less than than you think. And in the end, it's really about like how you actually go about executing and um, you know designing that store, running ads to it that will determine if you're successful with it or not. If you design a general store, like it was built in like 2017 and you're selling fidget spinners and it's called like trendygadgets.com, then, then you're probably not executing super well, but you can run general stores just fine. Uh, you can run niche stores just fine. There's pros and cons to all three of them. So um, I will say that if you, whatever store you are running, focus on one product at a time until you find you know a solid one or a winner. And once you're at that point, then you can worry about expanding, adding upsells, downsells, other products, auxiliary products, things like that. Um, But really just try to focus as much as you can on one product until you have proof of concept that it sells. Great stuff, man, for sure.
0: We got another question coming in. This is Nelson. How much do you need, bare minimum, to start a store?
1: Okay. um, So the typical answer that I give people is um two to $5,000. And this goes against a lot of conventional wisdom about people telling you about how much money that you need. Um, as an entrepreneur, you don't need to add extra risk onto starting a business. And one of the ways of not adding extra risk is by having a decent budget to start. Because what I don't want people to do is say, hey, I have 100 bucks, I want to start a dropshipping store. Sometimes that's okay. But at the end of the day, you're starting a business. Like You're starting a real business. You're selling products to other people and ideally making profit. And if you're not treating it as a business and just as a cute little side project, then the results that you're going to get are the results of a cute little side project. You're not going to get business quality results when you don't put business quality effort into it. And so a lot of people... Um, you know, just have a really limited budget, anything under like $250, $500. And you can totally be successful with that amount of money. It's really, really difficult, though. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. As long as you're using the traditional ways of marketing, using Facebook ads, Shopify store, traditional Shopify store, the one product page setup. um, Like it takes time. Typically, I'll, I'll spend $150 to $300, maybe more per product test. And, you know, let's say you test three to five products, like that's $2,000 right there. And so I like, I'd rather be realistic and give you a realistic number than try to sell you a dream that you can be successful with $100 in Shopify. So that's my opinion. It's not the most popular one. I understand that. But I'd rather just shoot you straight than um, try to tell you that you only need 100 bucks to start up a 100k Shopify store.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think I've mentioned it in a a couple of YouTube videos that, I mean, it becomes a numbers game and and you need an amount to be able to test with and to run with. And most likely, you know, you're not going to hit success on the first product that you're testing. The only way you're testing is by spending money on ads. So you need, you need to find, you know, you need enough money, enough capital to one, to be able to test and then two, also to be able to to go through the order fulfillment and things like that, so mm-hmm. um, very important. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, another follow up question looks like that came up to this: is fifty
1: dollars a day enough uh, to figure? Okay, I assume you mean like fifty dollars a day uh, spending on Facebook ads, because that's typically the question. Fifty dollars a day is is okay to, to test on Facebook ads. It's it's less than I would do, but I have a different budget than you. If you're going to run at $50 a day, I think that's totally fine. I actually recommend that to some of my clients. I would give you a a minimum of letting it actually spend for like three days because anything under than that, you'll like overanalyze the little amount of data that you have and you can make, um, you know, not very informed decisions as a result. Uh, so I would Mm -hmm. let it run for at least three days, get some data, and then you can make a decision at that point, whether you want to cut scale, do something else. Awesome, man. Man, I
0: see. Man, we 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 could be going for hours here. I see that we're we're coming up to the end of the hour, and and I want to be respectful of your time as well. So this is really great stuff, man. I'm really glad to to catch up and and have you back on on the show. Um, so I want to give you a chance to leave some closing remarks with the audience. So I'll let you take
1: it away. Sure. Um, for my closing remarks, I want to take it back to a few key points that I mentioned. Um, just kind of highlighting what we went over. So, number one, whether it's sexy or not, mindset is probably one of the most important factors in your success. If you look at any successful dropshipper, e-commerce business owner, um, they got a relentless mindset. Like people have tested thousands and thousands of dollars worth of products before they actually actually are successful. So, be persistent. Don't get ad depression based on your Facebook ads, and have actually an adequate amount to start, you know, treat it as a business and you'll get business results. If you treat it as a cute little side project, you're not going to get the results that you probably want. Number two, kind of with mindset too, you should adjust your expectations so that you're not super depressed every time that you don't find a winning product. This happens to even some some of my clients and I have to kind of check them because they're like, oh, I just tested this product. It didn't work. It's never going to work. I'm never going to make money. I'm like, stop. Stop it. Like Everybody tests a product and fails. Like the people who are crushing it are testing like five, 10 products a day. And so the amount of failure that you have doesn't mean that you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. You just have to learn and adapt and bring those lessons that you learned to the next product that you test. So again, like mindset is easily one of the most important things. I'm a huge fan of it myself, just because the more that I learn about like the the pure skills of running like an e-commerce business, the more it leads back to mindset. And so like if you really want to be successful, understand that things worth building. Take time. Don't, for, don't really fall for anything that sounds like too good to be true. Um, if it is too good to be true, it, like if someone says or if it sounds it's too good to be true, oftentimes it is. And um, adjust your expectations. Get a coach or a mentor if you can afford it. If not, go it alone. Not a huge deal. It'll take a little bit longer, uh, maybe a little bit more money depending on your results and success that's really it go are good. awesome stuff man mark man glad to have you on the show brother yeah thank you again for having me this was awesome
0: thank you for listening to this episode of the tech money talks podcast it's officially sponsored by spotify and anchor fm Tune in every weekday to Ask Mac on Tech Money Talks Live. It's at 2 p.m. Central every weekday on YouTube or Facebook. Simply go to youtube.com slash Talks or go to facebook.com slash techmoneytalks. If you want to learn how to make money with no money, then go to dropshipbyphone.com. Go to dropshipbyphone.com. Be on the fast track to starting your own business. You can work with me personally. It's my dropship Funnels Done For You service. I work with you one-on-one to build your own store and get your very own sales fast in dropshipping. You can go to dropshipfunnels.com to find out more information.